This is the Africa service of Vatican Radio. Welcome to our half-hour daily program for Africa. In today's program, you can hear our feature, Culture and Society and News for Young People. First, however, our Bulletin of Church News, followed by Africa News Panorama. I am Festos Tarawali. Pope Francis on Thursday continued his Lenten spiritual exercises, an annual period of retreat during which all his meetings and audiences are suspended. The Lenten retreat in the Vatican will end on Friday, the 23rd of February, as previously announced by a Holy See press office statement in which the Pope invited all cardinals residing in Rome, heads of dicasteries and superiors of the Roman Curia to dedicate this week to private spiritual exercises. In his homily, as he opened the season of Lent on Ash Wednesday, the Pope said the Lenten season is a time to cast aside appearances and to find God at work in the depths of the heart. He said at the beginning of Lent, Jesus invites each of us to go into our inner room. Going into our inner room, he explained, means returning to the heart, going from without to within, so that our whole life, including our relationship with God, reflects the reality of our inner being. The Lenten practices of almsgiving, prayer and fasting are not mere external practices. They are paths that lead to the heart, the core of the Christian life, he added. He went on to encourage Christians to love the brothers and sisters all around us, to be considerate to others, to feel compassion, to show mercy, to share all that we are and all that we have to those in need. The Vatican's Dicastery for Promoting Integral Human Development has announced the theme for the 110th World Day of Migrants and Refugees. The theme announced on Thursday for this year's day, which will be celebrated on Sunday the 29th of September, is God Works with His People. In a press release, the Dicastery said this message will address the itinerant dimension of the Church with a particular focus on our migrant brothers and sisters who represent a contemporary icon of the journey in church. It is a path to be undertaken in a synodal way, the statement continues, overcoming all threats and obstacles in order to reach our true homeland together. It further says, during this journey, wherever people find themselves, it is essential to recognize the presence of God who works with his people, assuring them of his guidance and protection at every step. Yet, continues the statement, it is equally essential to recognize the presence of the Lord, Emmanuel, God with us, in every migrant who knocks at the door of our hearts and offers an opportunity for encounter. Since the year 1914, the World Day of Migrants and Refugees has offered Catholics an opportunity to remember and pray for those displaced by conflict, persecution and economic difficulties. The Dicastery for Communication has launched a mini-site titled From Tourist to Pilgrim to tell the story of pilgrimage to the four papal basilicas of Rome. The initiative, in collaboration with the four basilicas, seeks to accompany the faithful on a journey to discover their identity as pilgrims 
Beyond Me Aside Seen Tourists, Devin Watkins reports. As the Church continues through the year of prayer toward the 2025 Jubilee, the Vatican Dicastery for Communication has launched a mini-site dedicated to the four papal basilicas in Rome. From Tourist to Pilgrim seeks to introduce the basilicas of St. Peter, St. John Lateran, St. Paul Outside the Walls, and St. Mary Major to younger audiences through content geared to their tastes. According to a press release issued on Thursday, the website leans heavily on the medium of voice to convey the beauty and history of these sacred spaces and the artistic masterpieces that fill them. Professionals engaged in art curation and excavation and restoration projects, along with the religious men and women who minister to pilgrims every day, tell the stories of the papal basilicas in their own words. Through the warmth and enthusiasm of their voices, reads the communique, they act as witnesses and share their love for everything the four papal basilicas represent. The mini-side draws on the symbol of the table, populated by the saints and artists whose lives and art have shaped the basilicas. The table offers a space where not only food, but glances, stories, and experiences are shared, thus inviting the visitor to pause for a moment and dedicate some time to a brief moment of reflection. The initiative From Tourist to Pilgrim also takes the form of a podcast that accompanies pilgrims along their journey, whether in person or online, through the history of the basilicas, offering special insights into their most significant aspects. The podcast series launches on February 27th with a new episode released each Tuesday. What may only seem like a city square to a tourist becomes a step, a journey, a divine symbol if viewed through the eyes of a pilgrim, reads the communique. These brief visits are designed to highlight the hidden beauty of Rome, revealed through the lens of pilgrimage. I'm Devin Watkins. In Guinea, the Holy Father has erected the new diocese of Bokeh with territory taken from the Archdiocese of Conakry. At the same time, the Pope appointed Father Moise Tinguiano of the clergy of Conakry until now parish priest of St. Augustine of Tauya as the first bishop of the new ecclesiastical circumscription. Bishop-elect Moise Tinguiano was born on the 11th of December 1977 in Benti. After completing his formation to the priesthood, first at the St. John the 23rd Minor Seminary in Kindia, Guinea, and then his studies in philosophy and theology at the St. Augustine Samaya Major Seminary in Bamako, Mali. He was ordained a priest on the 26th of November 2006. The new Bishop of Boke was awarded a doctorate in catechetical theology and youth pastoral ministry from the Salesian Pontifical University of Rome in 2017. Since 2018, apart from serving as parish priest, Bishop-elect Tinguiano also served as a lecturer at the Benedict XVI Seminary and director of La Voix de la Paix, or Voice of Peace Catholic radio station. You're tuned to the Africa service of Vatican Radio. News Panorama. The head of the United Nations Peacekeeping Mission in the Central African Republic, Valentine Rugwabiza, has called on the UN Security Council to support the country's efforts to build a professional national army as part of a security reform. She made the call on Wednesday when she addressed the Security Council in New York. She said security in the Central African Republic is still fragile and more needs to be done to stop the trafficking of weapons into the country. 
The African Development Bank has warned that the rising cost of energy, food, and other commodities in several African countries could trigger social unrest. The warning was made in a report released at the beginning of this week in Abidjan Ivory Coast. The causes of the rising costs, according to the report, are conflicts in Eastern Europe and the Middle East, which have disrupted the supply chains and worsened inflation across Africa, as well as corruption and mismanagement. The report comes at a time when demonstrations are taking place in different African countries, including Nigeria, Angola, Kenya and Ethiopia, in protest against rising cost of living. South Africa's parliament impeached two high court judges on Wednesday for gross misconduct after they lost their appeals at the Supreme Court. The first one, John Holope, was accused of trying to influence two judges of the Constitutional Court in 2008 to acquit former President Jacob Zuma in an arms deal corruption case. The impeachment process began 10 years ago but was delayed by the many court appeals made by Judge John Holpe. The second impeached Judge Nkola Motata was accused of disorderly conduct after causing a car accident in January 2007 when he was drunk. The incident took place when the judge attempted to execute a U-turn and reversed into a wall. When the owner of the property, a white person, took a video of the incident, the drunken judge insulted him using a racist language. The impeachment was supported by more than two-thirds of the South African parliamentarians. When it is signed by the country's president, Cyril Ramaphosa, each of the two judges will lose all benefits, including a lifetime monthly salary, a car allowance, and full medical care. This is Culture and Society, and welcome to the program. My name is Kanyan Tagodufrikampamba. The 2019 historic visit of Pope Francis to the capital of the United Arab Emirates, Abu Dhabi, has marked the conscience of the world in a very remarkable way. This is because there in Abu Dhabi, the Holy Father met with the Grand Imam of Al-Azhar, His Eminence Professor Ahmed Al-Tayeb. The biggest highlight of this historic encounter was the fact that these two great spiritual leaders signed the document on human fraternity. That same year in February, an award was established to remind the international community about the importance of world peace and living together. This award was named in honor of Sheikh Said bin Sultan Al-Nayan, the late leader of Abu Dhabi and founder of the United Arab Emirates, whose values of humility, humanitarianism and respect epitomized the enduring ideals the award seeks to celebrate. Ever since 2019, the award is given annually on February 4th, which is the International Day for Human Fraternity. Pope Francis and Grand Imam Al-Tayeb were the first honorary recipients of the Zayed Award for Human Fraternity. To date, the Zayed Award recognizes individuals, organizations, and other entities for their profound contributions to human fraternity. 
This year, the prize tanged five and marked the fifth anniversary of the document on human fraternity for world peace and living together. The 2024 Zayed Award recipients are Sister Nelly Lewon Korea, a Chilean nun working with prisoners, Egyptian cardiosurgeon Sir Magd Yakub and Nadlatu Ulama and Muhammadiyah, two leading Indonesian Islamic organizations. Soon after the award ceremony, Vatican Radio's Alessandro de Busolo spoke to some of the prize recipients and some judges in order to gauge their reactions about the reality of the award. Irina Bokova was one of the award commission judges and she expressed her delight for each of the winners. She also shed light on why each of their witnesses left a great impact on not only the judges but the entire world. What could be a balance of the, these first years of the journey of the, these values of the young fraternity for you? Um, I Let me start by saying that I have been here in 2019 when uh, the two great leaders, um, His Holiness Pope Francis and the Grand Imam of Al-Azhar University, signed the document on human fraternity. Uh, and it was a very emotional, it was a unique, I would say, um, event uh, to see these uh, great uh, faith leaders, but I would say great humanists, uh, coming into the, uh, the big memorial hand in hand. It was already a symbol of uh, uh, not just a friendship, but of sharing. And I think this is very important. Um, and then during these years, I was member of the Human Fraternity Committee. And this year, very honored to be also a member of the jury of the human, of the uh, Zayet Prize for, for Human Fraternity. And I think in these five years, it was really an incredible journey. We have in the United Nations already the uh, decision by the General Assembly of the United Nations to uh, establish the uh, International Day of Human Fraternity, which is on the 4th of February, the day of the signature of the historic document on human fraternity. And of course, uh, uh, coming from the United Nations family, uh, in my previous experience as Director General of UNESCO, I know how important it is that the United Nations um, uh, distinguish, recognize uh, this important day, and now it's global. Uh, we have seen, and I'm still traveling around the world, and I know that it is not just uh, in Rome or in Cairo or here in Abu Dhabi that this day is being celebrated, but it is uh, in all the five continents in the world. Then, of course, the Abrahamic House, which is a unique project uh, here uh, in Abu Dhabi, which once again uh, is a symbol of not just of tolerance, but of sharing. It's because I think the uh, church, the mosque, and the synagogue are talking to each other. They are not just uh, uh, alone, standalone uh, buildings. And, of course, now we have the Zayed Prize. Uh, for human fraternity, and if you look at all the awards, um, they are also uh, very um, high global leaders, um, like uh, Antonio Guterres, Secretary General of the United Nations, um, or uh, King Abdullah of Jordan, but also there are people, as we say, from the ground, people that work in communities. Um, and, and this year, uh, I believe it's the same message that is being sent by the choosing those awards that um, are receiving the prize. Why have you chosen uh, those three realities as an example of practical application of the values of your fraternity? 
You know, we had um, very difficult discussions, I have to say. More than 140 uh, submissions, uh, proposals, uh, and, uh, and we had to consider all of them on their merit. I wish we could give uh, a prize to all of the 140. They all deserve it. Um, but, of course, we had to uh, look at the uh, criteria. And I think we, we distinguished, of course, the two Indonesian organizations because of uh, their long history of uh, working um, for social inclusion in different communities through education, through providing uh, health services, and I would say also through moderation, which is uh, once again very important um, for such a big country like Indonesia, the biggest uh, Muslim country uh, in the world. Um, and the scale of, of the work that they're doing, both of them, it's hundreds of millions of people. It's really impressive. Um, then uh, we moved also to another, uh, I would say, uh, expression of uh, solidarity, empathy, and human fraternity. Uh, it is uh, uh, Dr. Yakub, uh, uh, who not only is a prominent uh, cardiologist, but uh, he has a big heart and he has established a foundation uh, to work to provide uh, uh, also services to make uh, surgery in operation to people who cannot afford it otherwise, uh, not only in Egypt, but in, in many countries, in Africa and in others. And uh, uh, I believe uh, he gives through this, uh, uh, this way of uh, his professional working uh, not just hope for these people, he, he gives them life further on, uh, but uh, he, he's an inspiring example for the others. Uh, and the third the nominee, Sister Nelly, is equally. I was deeply moved since the very first moment I saw uh, her um, her uh, work, the work that uh, outline of her work that uh, she is doing. Um, it is sometimes um, you need really uh, a, a true commitment, a big dedication uh, to spend uh, so much time in prison and to work with women. Uh, imprisoned, but not just to uh, uh, give them hope and human dignity. Uri Abasha Abdallah is the head of the Nadlan to Ulama's national structure and he represented the organization at the ceremony. He spoke to Busolo about the great importance of the prize to him and his organization. We are so happy and actually we do not expect that we will receive this prestigious uh, award Yeah. So this is a, a great honor for us, and we consider this uh, award, the Zayed Award for Human Fraternity, is like an equivalence of uh, Nobel Peace Prize uh, from Muslim world. Yeah. So I'm 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 really delighted and very honored and humbly honored by this award, and yeah, this is a, a great honor for us. Representatives of the Zayed winner Nadlantlu Ulama's national structure and juror Irene Bukova reacting to the reality of this year's Zayed Prize. And that is all we have time for in this edition of Culture and Society. Until next week, at the same time, my name is Kanyanta Godfrey Kampamba. And now, news for young people. Hello and welcome to the program. I am Festus Tarawali. In this edition, the Liaison Bishop for Youth of the Southern African Catholic Bishops' Conference speaks about the ongoing annual general meeting in Pretoria for youth coordinators and chaplains of the conference 
which groups the bishops of Botswana, Eswatini and South Africa. In the interview with our colleague Sheila Pirish of the Communications Office of the Conference, Bishop Sifio Paul Vanga of Queenstown Diocese in South Africa also speaks about the upcoming pilgrimage of young people to the home diocese of Blessed Benedict Daswa and about our diacastry's project for young communicators in the faith through digital media. Bishop Sipiwa, thank you so much for talking to us right here on Vatican News. So you've been attending this uh, annual general meeting for youth coordinators and youth chaplains as well of the ACCBC. What have been the highlights of this meeting? What have you touched on? We had met here today, um, this week on Tuesday. Uh, I mean, for our surprise, first of all, we wanted to meet earlier other than in the evening. We were surprised that they came in droves, actually. So I uh, opened, and then I touched on many things, how to, what is our role as the, as, the, as, the, as the chaplains and coordinators in the conference, how do we want to attract young people in our, in our conference, particularly in our dioceses and the metros. And then Father Antanta spoke in a special way, what about the role of the, of the chaplain and the role of the coordinators? How should they behave? How should they uh, present themselves? In the, and then everybody seemed to like that very much. It touched the court with them. And then yesterday, which was Wednesday, Archbishop Zodile gave us you know, the synod on synodality, what, uh, how, how we did it in the conference as well as the bishops. It was beautifully done, and everybody seemed to like it. They were not bored because he was rushing for two and a half hours, and he did that exactly. And today, I think, we were very happy as well to have Shayla speaking on us on communication, particularly in the conference, and particularly as chaplains and coordinators. And they seem to be on top of things. I'm the one who have to learn after them, but they're doing very well. I think I've, uh, we had had a beautiful um, uh, meeting this week, and therefore everyone has learned quite a lot. You being the liaison bishop for youth and young adults, this coming weekend you're heading to Tsanin Diocese for the Daswa Pilgrimage for Youth. Talk to us about the significance of this pilgrimage for young people. Thank you very much. And um, from here, we will be in Lumco until Saturday morning. And then we're driving, we, we will be going to Lumco to welcome them. This year, last year, we had about 700 of the youth. Today, this year, we hope to have three or four times bigger number than that. And then because they are coming in droves this time, they seem to like it. And talking, you know, with, uh, with, uh, with, uh, with some of the chaplains from, from Zanin and we said, no, we have to make this one work for the youth because they, they, they really loved it more than any other thing as the conference youth. So we're hoping to have, my understanding is that we're having a lot from Pretoria, maybe two buses, uh, two buses, I think, from Botswana, and uh, quite a lot from Johannesburg, and sometimes they drive on their own. We even have now this time quite a lot from the Eastern Cape. You know, they are coming in rows from Aluwal, Queenstown, uh, Port Elizabeth and in Tata, and then Durban, is, um, the, the Durban Metro, they are coming in droves as well. Almost all the, the diocese, those eight dioceses in that metro, they are coming. Youth are very, very much um, um, attracted to this and they seem to love it. And then it's one of their gatherings now that they want to, to make sure that they don't miss this year. Now, coming back to this uh, annual uh, general meeting of youth chaplains and youth coordinators, today you had the uh, presentation on communication. When we speak of 
projects such as the Dicastery for Communications project for faith communicators, whereby they're looking for young communicators to come forward and 16 young people. And this is an opportunity for African youth, for youth in this region. What is your message to them when you hear of such projects? Um, thank you. When I hear of such projects as communication for the youth in our conference, and particularly the, if they get an opportunity to be trained, really where it starts, I think it starts in their parishes when they are given an opportunity either to, 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 to live stream the messages of the, of the, of the parish and then the diocese and, and then, and then if we, we start there with them, I know from a fact, I think in many diocese they are doing that. I know in my own diocese, particularly the cathedral community, we've got all those who are doing grade 12, they are doing very well with this uh, communication and therefore if we can simply encourage them and identify those who, who are passionate about it because it has to be a passionate thing about it. They, they are never short of words how to do it if they, if they are given an opportunity. Here then in the conference, I see that a lot of young um, um, chaplains, they seem to work on that way. In this way, then we'll encourage them to sort of identify them in their dioceses and their metros so that we can have people stand there for this opportunity. And then lastly, your message to young people for this year? Thank you very much. This year is, is, is double standards we are in Africa, South Africa. For example, in South Africa, we've got uh, elections and many of them I heard that they went to register. They were encouraged to go and register. And we, the bishop sent, you know, the, 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 the communication to say, how should you behave? How should you conduct yourself when you go and, uh, and, 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 and vote, you know, know what you, you know what change you want to make as, a, as an individual. So with that, I think that we want to encourage them to go and vote. But on the other hand, for this year, they should, all we're going to be saying is that they should prepare themselves so that they celebrate well the, the Jubilee, which is 2025 next year. They should prepare now, put out money now, so that they are part and parcel of the growth of the church. Wherever they get these opportunities, they will never... They will never, you, ne- you never take that away from yourself if you have been part and parcel of the, of the, of the world, of the, of the Catholic world uh, celebration. It, it leaves an indelible mark in every one of us. That was the liaison bishop for youth of the Southern African Catholic Bishops Conference, Bishop Sifio Paul Vanga of Queenstown Diocese in South Africa. He was speaking to our colleague Sheila Pirish. And that's all for this edition of News for Young People. You are tuned to the Africa service of Vatican Radio. In our next program at the same time tomorrow, you can hear our feature, Development and the Economy, and a reflection by Father Enobong Udiadiong. I am Festus Tarawali, and do join us then. Praised be Jesus Christ. Laudetur Jesus Christus.